0: Hey, it's me, Stacy. I've got a snippet of three different songs. Listen and see if you can tell what our topic is for today. People people who need people
1: Walking the park, Thanks. like a kiss in the dark, Thanks. like a sailboat ride. Thanks. What about the night we cried? Things like a lover's vow, things that we don't do now, thinking about the things we used to
0: were the voices of Barbara Streisand, The Beatles, and Bobby Darin. And this is Stacey Julian with episode 75 of Exactly Enough Time. It's title, You Might Think That This Is A Podcast About Productivity. And while I love to get stuff done, exactly enough time is much more about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have and making the most of it. It's about choosing to be playful and living with intention, curiosity, and connection. It's about owning what you love and bringing more of whatever that is into your life. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. In this podcast, I tell stories, and I invite you to celebrate people, places, and things that make you and your life amazing. So, Barbara Streisand, The Beatles, and Bobby Darin. I guess today's episode could be about legendary musical performers that start with the letter B, but that's not what today is about. Today is about people, places, and things. You know, if you've listened to me for a while, that at the end of an interview with someone, I ask them a question. I ask them to tell me about a person, a place, or a thing that has their attention right now. Why do I do this? What's so special about people, places, and things? Well, today, I get to tell you why. I get to tell you my personal people, places, and things story. But before I go there, it's episode 75, you guys. And in episode 77... I am celebrating you. I'm answering your questions, and I have gathered a few questions. Not enough. I need more questions. I'm going to ask on social media, which will help, but I would love for you to submit a question to me using the Speak Pipe button on my website at stacyjulian.com. Why? Because I love hearing your voices. So if you're sitting back thinking, ah... I probably want to do that, but I don't know if I should. She probably has enough questions. No, I don't. I want to hear your voice and I want to hear your question. So go to the show notes today, look on the sidebar, and you'll see a big orange button. You click on it, you record your question, and it gets magically sent to me. I cannot wait to hear from you and to hear your question or comment so that I can respond to it in two episodes. It's going to be so much fun. Okay, so what's the big deal with people, places, and things? Why do you always talk about that, Stacey? Well, glad you ask. You've come to the right place. I think you probably know that for many, many, many years, let's say 1994, that's when I signed up for my first Scrapbooking 101 class. For many, many years, I have been a lover of photos and words and the stories that we can create with them. But by 1998, I was pretty overwhelmed I was still a newbie in this hobby that I loved so much, but I was overwhelmed and I was frustrated, and honestly, I was a little intimidated. I desperately needed a new approach. Well, just about that time, I took a trip home to visit my mother, my parents, and I had a really interesting experience with her. In fact, This is an experience that I have shared for many years as part of an online class that I have taught. It's been called a number of things. It's been called A Library of Memories. Most recently, it's an online class that I have called Finding Photo Freedom. But I'm gonna play you a snippet of an audio message that I created back in 2010 where I relate an experience I had with my mother, a conversation. Listen to me talk about this experience that turned out to be Game-changing for my storytelling, 100%, if not life-changing for me. Okay. During this Idaho period, I had a conversation with my mother that proved to be pivotal. I had driven my boys home, and we were sitting in the backyard of my childhood home outside Seattle, Washington. It was a beautiful summer day, just the perfect temperature. My boys were playing, and we were sitting at a picnic table and we just started to talk, mother and daughter, and we explored random memories from all time periods of my life, my childhood. We talked about camping at the ocean in the old orange truck. We talked about taking walks and collecting bags of aluminum cans that we turned into for recycling money so that I could go school shopping. Um, (laughs) We talked about how we used to pick berries and make pies and how pie making is becoming kind of a lost art. Um, We talked about how my my very best friend Lori and I would put on these Esther Williams-style swimming shows in our backyard swimming pool, which was not heated. You know, enough said, Seattle, not heated. (laughs) We laughed and we reminisced. And I walked away from that conversation with a very specific thought, which was this. I want people, when they look at my scrapbooks, to feel like I feel right now. I want them to feel like they've had a conversation with me. At no time in the conversation with my mother did I or she refer to any dates. Hmm. We didn't feel like we needed to talk about things in any order we didn't say okay this is going to be a really great reminiscing session let's begin now and let's start with 1979 and let's talk about all the major events and holidays and things that happened in 1979 and then we'll move on to 1980 when I jumped ahead to talk about junior high my mom didn't say "Wait, wait, wait hold on Stace we're only on the second grade let's go to the third grade next Mm -hmm. There is just for some reason, and trust me as I have contemplated this for hours on end, there is some reason for a general paradigm in scrapbooking that seems to require us uh, to put things in order, chronological order. We crave order, true. True. But it doesn't have to be chronological order. And that's what I have discovered over the years. And that is what I want you to know. That's one of the things I want you to know. That chronological order is not the only order. So I left that conversation with my mom questioning, wondering how else I could put things together, specifically at the time, individual pages that go in a big scrapbook album, I was wondering how else could I put things together so that there is a sense of order, but so that I'm not feeling so overwhelmed and, let's be honest, totally and utterly behind. My answer came in the definition of a noun. A noun, you guys, is a word. It's a subject word in our language, and it's defined as a person, place, or thing. What? Okay, so when I really, when that, when that entered my mind, and, and trust me, my brain was searching for solutions, it dawned on me that if you can take all of the words in the English language and divide them up into the easy categories of people, places, and things, I can totally craft stories in those same categories. So here's where today's episode hopefully gets fun for you because I have five ways for you to use the categories people, places, and things. Okay, are you ready? Number one, with your current story, the, this experience that we are all living through, this worldwide pandemic, COVID-19. I've had many people ask me, how are we going to tell this story? Or they've said, I can't tell this story yet. It's just too much, right? I, I'm trying to keep track of, of the major events and the things that have happened and the ups and downs. And, 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 but I don't know if I can process the emotion yet. And I don't know if I will be able to tell this story for, for a very long time. Well, guess what? Guess what you can be doing right now? Make yourself a list, put it in the notes app of your phone if you want, and start documenting the people, places, and things associated with COVID-19. Back, back in May, May 2nd, National Scrapbook Day, I was invited to come teach um, a class via Facebook Live with Close to My Heart. I probably mentioned it here on the podcast, but I was able to teach hundreds of people about this approach. I ask them to just close their eyes, think about what we're living through, and then open their eyes and write down, first of all, the people. Who do you think of? Who do you think of when you think of COVID-19? Is it the amazing healthcare heroes and workers that continue to show up during this scary time? Is it someone you know that has actually contracted COVID-19? Is it the people that you're worried about that you want to protect? Who are the people that are on your list, your COVID-19 list of people? And then you make another list for places. What do you think of when you think of COVID? Do you think of going to the grocery store and being met with empty shelves for the first time? That's something I've never seen in my lifetime. Do you think of your neighborhood where you take multiple walks a day? Do you think of your church, the fact that you can't attend, or the tickets that you had to, you know, live theater that, that got canceled. What are the places that you associate with this unfolding pandemic? And finally, things toilet paper. What are the other things? Masks. We're now in the state of Washington under a mandate to wear masks every time we leave our home. What are some of the other things that come to your mind? All you have to do right now to be more present during this time that's so unprecedented is to just keep notes like that. You don't have to process the emotions yet, but if you will track those notes in the categories of people, places, and things, guess what? You will have all of the triggers that you need later. You'll have the details documented. You'll have entry points, ways to invite your mind and heart later to recall what these things brought up inside of you. And in the meantime, you'll have a lot that is very personal, right? These, these categories are general for everyone, but you'll have a very personal list that emerges as you keep track. Number one, use the categories of people, places, and things to tell your current story, no matter what that story is. And I will put a link, by the way, to that Facebook class in the show notes. If this is the first time you've heard about that and you want to take that class, it's totally still available. You can re-watch it and I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, number two, here's the second way that you can use the categories of people, places and things to make your life easier. Tomorrow, July 1st, I'm recording this on June 30th. Tomorrow, July 1st, is my daughter Addie's birthday. She's going to be 13. She's going to be a teenager. Oh my goodness, that is such a milestone. And I have three friends, not very many, three friends coming over to spend some time with Addie outside in our backyard. We're having a very small celebration, socially distanced as much as possible outside, okay? But we're so excited to celebrate Addie and I want to take pictures. So I'm gonna tell you what I do when I approach an event like this, one that I know is memorable, one that I want to be able to document um, in in a, in a comprehensive way I think about people, places, and things. I actually try to think ahead of time about the pictures I want to take. Who are the people that I need to photograph? what are the places is it just one place and how will i represent that place or are there little smaller places involved and what are the things what are the most important things that i want to document with my camera okay that's idea number two number three this is kind of a fun one last week i interviewed my boys specifically my cute taft who is preparing to serve a mission for our church we had a conversation about how to write interesting letters and how to create interesting journal entries that someday, when you're my age, you'll want to look back on and that you'll find interesting because of the detail that you've recorded. And you know what I told him? I said, Taft, in your letter each time when you write home, talk about a person, a place, or a thing. That's gonna pull some specific detailed experience out of your mind, out of your past week or whatever however long it is that you're you know that you're writing about. And it's gonna make it so interesting to read, especially as you'll write multiple letters or you'll create multiple journal entries. It creates a parallel structure for these little bits and pieces, these stories to come out. Isn't that cool? Okay start doing that in your journal. (laughs) Or encourage someone you know to write letters and include those kinds of details in those three categories. All right, this is idea number four, you guys, with your smartphone, the photo app on your smartphone. Whether it's an iPhone and you're just using photos, or whether you have an Android device and you're using Google Photos or some other app, set up albums in your photos app on your smartphone make an album for people and one for places and one for things and then start adding some of your favorite your best pictures into those three categories and guess what over time and not very long you're going to start doing something that i call curating you're going to start to see how these categories create connections in your life and encapsulate the things that are most important to you. It's such an easy, easy thing to do. So set up the albums, and then just the next time you're in the grocery store line, or you're you're in a car and someone else is driving, or whenever you have downtime, you just scroll back through your recent pictures and you look for favorite photos to drop into those three categories. And I'm telling you, there's a little bit of magic that's going to happen. And the point is not, by the way, let me tell you this, the point is not to put all of your pictures into those categories, but just some of the best pictures. Okay, idea number five, and truly this is a solution. I was reading over some recent survey responses and I read something almost exactly like this. Stacy, I have been following you for years. I love my scrapbooks, but I haven't created one since 2005. I have no idea how to fill in the gap. Do I try to get everything organized and and just go back to 2006 and make maybe shorter annual albums or do I just start doing theme books or what what do I do? Do I do project life? Do I do everything digitally. There's, there's just so many options and this person was just expressing the emotion of overwhelm that she, that she was processing as she responded to my survey. Okay, here's my answer. And you can probably guess what it is. <laughs> just start telling stories. Yes, I will help you organize your images, your digital images and your prints. But what I want you to do is recognize the stories looking back from 2006 forward and even before that. Recognize stories that you want to have documented and tell a story. And with each story that you tell, try to emphasize, is it a story about a person? Is it more about a place, a location, a destination? Is it about something that you do or love? I've learned and definitely observed over the years that there is a great amount of guilt, unnecessary guilt, associated with not doing something anymore. At least not doing it the way we used to do it. And I am going to give you my permission right now. So listen carefully. You can change your mind. You can change your course. You can change your approach, your method. Anything that you want to change that allows you to continue to tell your stories is a necessary change. What I would do if I was this person is I would make a page at the end of that 2005 scrapbook and I would say, I love telling stories. I always have. As you can see, up until 2005, I made pages and I put them in books in chronological order. I don't tell stories the same way anymore. But thank you so much for enjoying these scrapbooks with me. (gasps) Love the management. (laughs) Signed it off as CMO, Chief Memory Officer. But don't think that you can't continue and please don't entertain any more unnecessary guilt worrying about the fact that you don't want to continue in the way that you did for so many years. I do actually believe that there is a distinction between scrapbooking and storytelling, and I certainly use those terms interchangeably often. But here's how I believe they are different. Scrapbooking does tend to be more about documenting events, whereas storytelling is more about creating connection across time. I'm going to read you something. With chronology, you are relinquishing your role as storyteller and giving the power to the calendar. The calendar can only take you so far because it only knows when the photo was taken. But you, as a storyteller, know that that photo you took five years ago has everything to do with the picture you just snapped five minutes ago. When you take back your role as storyteller, you are in the driver's seat of your memories and what they mean. You can draw the connections that will create generosity and abundance in your life and in your past. As a storyteller, it is easier for you to discern which photos have meaning and will have meaning over time. I invite you, no matter what you've done in the past, a lot or very little, I invite you to become a storyteller. Start documenting stories in any format, with any technology or products or what designs, whatever appeals to you. Start telling stories about the people, the places, and the things in your life. And you can compile them together. You can have a people we love section of stories. You can have places we go, places we live, places we love stories. And you can have things we do and honor and believe stories. There is so much power in these categories. And that's why I talk about them so often. Okay. So I just wanna sum up before I go. (laughs) Idea number one, you can tell any current story and begin to tell any current story by simply making lists in those categories. Number two, you can look forward to an event or an experience that you're going to photograph and you can think about the people, places, and things, those different aspects of the visual story that you want to capture with your camera. Number three, you can write more interesting letters and document more interesting details in a personal journal in those categories. Number four, Organize the images on your smartphone. Start doing that. Start curating your pictures, your memories, the memories they represent into the categories of people, places, and things. I promise that it will develop in you a much more mature approach to what you are trying to do. And number five, you can catch up with your scrapbooks. Okay, when you don't have an annual album after 2005 or 2015 or any at all, just start telling stories and think about specifically the people, the people in your immediate family, the people that you associate with, your friends, your extended family, your family history. Think about the places that you have been and the places you continue to gather in and think about the things that define you and that you value and that you love. And now you know. Now you know why Stacy always asks the question and why I believe that these categories are such an amazing solution and approach for you in so many different ways, especially as it pertains to telling your stories. Thank you for listening today. Before I sign off, I'm going to play you a speak pipe message that I received from Beth after the episode where I talked to my dear friend, Renee Pearson. Hi, Stacy. This
1: is Beth Hardage. I just had to reply to your latest podcast and your conversation with Renee Pearson. I cannot tell you how much it has touched me. I just say, wow. Uh, I also grew up in the Deep South during the Jim Crow era, but as a white Southerner, and I have experienced a lot of things so differently from Renee, and I've tried over the years to put aside prejudices and racism, but I've only lately become aware of how much I have yet to learn. The discussions about white privilege used to set my teeth on edge. I became very defensive, but after listening to this podcast, it's helped me realize how much I take for granted just because I don't have to think about things like when I'm driving in the car or what other people might think of me when I walk into the store, just like your your niece mentioned in her post. Um, and through genealogy, I've also found out some unpleasant things about my ancestors, that I, there were indeed slave owners in my family. They weren't necessarily plantation owners, but
0: they still had slaves. So Beth's message, obviously, Got cut off. But what didn't get cut short is Beth's admission that she has a lot of learning to do and some unlearning. I am so proud of Beth for being courageous enough to admit that and to share it with me so that I could share it with you. I am in the same place that Beth is. I am continuing to learn. all the different ways that I experience privilege in my life and I'm taking a very serious look at what I can do with that privilege and how I can show up differently in support of people of color. One of the things that has happened recently is I was I've opened up registration for my year long course 20 and 20 and I am donating Um, I shouldn't say I'm donating, it's not about me or my money, but I am giving people an opportunity to take my course at half the original price. So it's a $120 year long course. You can now purchase it through Friday, July 3rd. So for just a few more days, you can purchase this course at half off $60 and all of that money. I am channeling all of your donations to three different causes slash efforts. The first is the NAACP to their empowerment programs. The second is I'm making a donation to the National Museum of Black American History and Culture. And, and I am also purchasing books for local libraries that are more diverse so that children in my community can grow up and have greater access to a more complete story. Um, I am overwhelmed, completely blown away. I have more than 120 people that have recently registered, and so we together are going to be able to, to donate a significant amount of money to these organizations. I wanted to make sure that if you didn't hadn't already heard about this? That you have um, a little time that you can can absolutely go to stacyjulian.com. There's a big orange stripe at the top of my website. You'll see it, or you can click click on courses and get yourself registered. Come be a part of our storytelling adventure and know that 100% of the money that you register with is going to to be donated in this way. So Beth. Thank you so very much for that beautiful message. Thank you for showing up with a willingness and a humility and a desire to change and and to learn. Um, I just appreciate you taking the time to send me that message, as I appreciate all of you who send me messages. Beth will be receiving a, a story starter kit in the mail from me. I am truly so grateful. For everyone who listens and who interacts with me and and together for the community that we're building around the opportunity that we have to be present in our lives, to continue to learn and to grow, to do good and to tell our individual stories. I will be back next week, next Thursday with another episode of Exactly Enough Time.